All right. <clears throat> Do you know what a taser is? I hope you've never had uh, one used on you <laughs> at all. A taser is a brand of conducted electrical weapon. It fires two small barbed darts intended to puncture the skin and remain attached to the target. The darts are connected to the main unit by a thin insulated copper wire and deliver a modulated electric current designed to disrupt voluntary control of the muscles. In other words, you get shocked pretty bad. The taser was introduced as a less lethal force option for police to use to subdue fleeing, belligerent, or potentially dangerous people who would have otherwise been beaten with a club or some other uh, things of uh, intense force. When people refuse to submit to law enforcement, sometimes they get tased. We don't like to submit, do we? That goes against our sinful human nature. Today, as we come to the other, the one another's in Scripture, we find that it's very difficult to put this one into practice. It goes against the spirit of the age, and it goes against our human nature. But God's people are called to set aside our self-promotion, our self-defending, our self-justifying positions, and put on the servant's towel and learn to submit to one another. So we're going to look in the scriptures today in our verse. We're going to read one verse, and then we'll look at several others as we... It's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and it says this, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we bow in your presence today, and I pray that you would give us the strength and the wisdom and the ability to put ourselves under the authority of your word, so we would learn how to put into practice this idea of submitting to one another. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. To submit means to line up under something or someone. Jesus tried to teach his disciples this principle. He tried to teach them not to throw their weight around or to seek to become somebody at somebody else's expense. Unfortunately, they failed on several occasions to learn this lesson. Even in the Last Supper we're celebrating today, they were arguing over who was going to be the greatest. When Jesus washed their feet, he taught them that the greatest person who used that he, the greatest person is the one who uses their authority to build up and not like the Pharisees did to promote themselves. So by nature, we want to promote ourselves, but the Holy Spirit is there to indwell us and enable us to submit to one another. So let's examine the biblical principles uh, and exhortations in the Bible to submit to one another. Ephesians 5 talks about that in the home and in government and the church and business and all these other areas. We need to submit, first of all, in the area of our marriage, in the area of our marriage. Ephesians 5, verse 22 says this, wives, submit to your own husbands 
as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. I realize that this is not politically correct, but the Bible does say it, folks. And having to deal with this passage of Scripture, you've got to look at the whole package. And it doesn't say that wives are inferior to their husband in any way, but there is an order that God has designed in the family in order for the family to function properly. It has to have one head. You can't have two heads. It has to have one head. And, and God has placed the husband as responsible to be the leader of the home. And wives need to voluntarily submit to the authority of her husband. Notice what it says, as to the Lord. And it doesn't mean that a wife is to submit to her husband in the same way that she submits to Jesus. But rather, her submission to her husband is her service rendered to the Lord. For the reason, the reason for this submission is because that the husband is God designed that he be the leader, be the head of the home. Now, as the church is in submission to Christ, so the wife should be to her husband. But as you look at the husband's role later on here, the husbands in verse 28 are, ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. You see, as, as the wife is the voluntary follower, the husband is the loving leader. And he loves his wife so much that he would be willing to sacrifice his own life for her. And when you get this submission and this kind of uh, loving leadership, then you have a more, more harmonious home life here. So that is the first area that the Bible addresses, submission. The second one is children to parents, Ephesians 6. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long in the earth. The children need to obey, submit to their parents. I know, again, this is rubbing the culture the wrong way. You know, and, and a lot of times you, the, the philosophy today is uh, allow children to do their own thing, go their own way, and they want to talk bad about their parents, then that's fine. They have... No, the Bible teaches that children need to respect, to submit themselves to the authority that God has placed in their life, and that is their parents. I heard a story about a mother who was driving her uh, son to school, youngest child, and they were driving. This was the day before child seats. Remember that, the day before child seats? Some of you might even remember the day before seat belts. You know what a seat belt was when you had kids in the car? <laughs> anyway, this was before the days of uh, uh, child seats. Well, the, they were driving together, and the little boy was standing up in the seat right next to his mom, driving to school. And, little, and the mother says, honey, you need to sit down, because I'm afraid that if I stop all of a sudden, you'll go and you'll hit the windshield. No, I don't want to sit down. And the mother said, honey, you really need to sit down. It's dangerous. You need to sit down. She said, no, I am not going to sit down. Well, the mother says, I've got to protect him. So she did what any mother does, grabbed the child and jerked him down and put him down in the seat. And, and the little boy said to his mother, well, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. 
you know, that's the way we are a lot of times. We just don't like this idea of having to obey the authority and submit to people. Well, children need to submit to their parents. Also, servants to their masters. Chapter 6, verse 5. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. This was back in the days when they had slavery. It was part of the government that they were in. And so Paul is uh, addressing the people there. He says you need to submit if you happen to be a slave, if you know Christ as your Savior, you need to submit to your master. Well, we don't have slavery here, but we do have employers and employee relationships. Say, Pastor, you don't know my boss. He is a slave master, and I happen to be his slave, and I have to do what he tells me to do. Well, whatever. We need to respect the authority that God's placed in our life, and one of those authorities is our boss. Those that, uh, for financial reasons or whatever reasons, they are over us and can tell us about, according to the rules and things like that, uh, what we need to do. And we need to submit to that authority and not constantly be complaining and constantly be uh, uh, arguing with and just doing what you're told. And if, and if you don't like it, you can always find another job. I mean, we have that freedom in our country. So servants to master, the, the Christian principle of submission is in there. Also, Christians to government. Oh, this is really getting hard to do, Pastor, as I don't like to do what the government says that I need to do. I like to do my, make my own rules and make my own laws. Well, Romans 13 talks about it, but also 1 Peter 2. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 2, verse 13. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So the, the Christian principle is we need to obey the laws. Christians ought to be the most obedient, law-abiding people on the face of the earth. Why? Not because we love the people that have uh, been put over us, not because we voted for them or we agree with them or anything like that, but we love Jesus. And we're submitting to the government as we're submitting to the Lord who's placed those authorities over us, even if we didn't vote for them. We still need to respect them and obey the authorities. Now, of course, there's certain lines that when those authorities cross over those lines, when they make laws that go against our Christian biblical values and our conscience, then we need to do something else. You have the book of Acts to prove that. When they tell you to shut up and don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus, then they said we ought to obey God rather than men. We have that that, that. But most of the time, we need to be law-abiding citizens. Christians need to be the most honorable citizens that this country has, and we need to obey our government leaders, submit to them. Also, submit. Christians need to submit to the elders or the pastors or the leadership of the church. In Hebrews 13, verse 7, it says this, remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, 
considering the outcome of their conduct. And also in uh, verse 17, it says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. God has placed us in the body of Christ and has given us leaders, pastors and leaders in the church that we need to be submissive to because they are responsible for watching for your souls. But the other side of that, Paul, um, Peter warned those who were shepherds in chapter 5, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, leaders, watchers, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain but eagerly, nor as being lords over God's, those entr God's entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So the balance of that is, as pastors are the spiritual leaders of the church, they also need to not be dictators because that is running roughshod over the flock of God. But they are to lead by example. So Christians need to submit to the leadership of the church. And there's one other area, and we call this one mutual submission. The verse that we started with is Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another. There's times when God has brought people into our life that we just need to not always have our own way. Not always think that we have to be the right one and we have to be the loudest voice. We have to have our decision final. But the idea of mutual submission is the best thing for a marriage. There's times when your wife, who is not really to be the head of the home, but she has something wiser for us to listen to. That's the area when mutual submitting to one another we need to do. And in a business and in the church, we need to practice this mutual submission to one another in the family of God. That is such a biblical... Uh, so we hate to submit. Why should we? Why should we humble ourselves? Why shouldn't we rage against the authority and do our own thing and be the loudest voice in the room? Well, first of all, it is demanded in the example of Christ. Philippians chapter 2 talks about Jesus. Now, we know who Jesus was. He was the Son of God. He is the eternally existent one. He existed for all eternity with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. By Him, the worlds were created. By Him, everything that was made was made by Him. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are eternal, powerful God, the ruler of eternity. Listen to what Philippians says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. The eternal Son of God humbled himself and submitted. There was a time in Jesus' life when John the Baptist was out baptizing sinners. He was baptizing those and repenting 
uh, people would repent and they would be baptized as a, as a sign of their change of behavior. Jesus went out there and had John baptize him. Why? You, <laughs> I have need to be baptized by you. Why would you need to be baptized? He's the holy Lord of glory. He never committed any sins. He had, he had no need of getting baptized, but he submitted himself even though he didn't need to get baptized. He's God. He submitted himself just to fulfill all righteousness and just to be an example. Oh, my, my Lord submitted himself to go to the cross. Can't you and I humble ourselves and submit to that boss that's been put over us, to submit to that spouse, to submit to that authority that God has placed, even though we don't agree with it, it has to do with the example of Jesus. Also, another reason we need to submit is it's the secret to spiritual greatness. In Matthew chapter 20, uh, Jesus had two disciples, the sons of Zebedee. Their mother came to Jesus. Their mother came to Jesus and said, Master, when you come into your kingdom, I'd like you to do something for me. What is it? Well, when you come there, will, will you have... John, sit on one side of you in glory and have James sit on the other side of you in glory. <laughs> Talk about a mother trying to get her kids into uh, college uh, for $500,000. This was kind of the prerequisite of that. You know, the example is there. Mothers are always kind of voting for their kids and trying to get them into positions. And of course, Jesus said that's up to the father who he's going to. And and when the rest of the disciples heard what uh, uh, John and James' mother did, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. In verse 25, Jesus called them to himself and, and called them all together. And then he said in verse 20, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. He's saying the ways of the world is... The one that climbs up to the top, he's the one that's in charge. He's the one that gets all the praise, all the glory. That's the way the world works. But Jesus said in verse 26, yet it shall not be so among you. If you want to be great, you've got to learn to be the servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Among the followers of Jesus, the greatest one is the one that is the servant. The one, when you get into heaven, the ones that are going to be in the front of the line are the ones that, that have served the most, that washed the feet, that became the servants, not necessarily the preachers and the, and the leaders of 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 the Christian church. It's the ones that have served him the most. When Christian Herter was governor of Massachusetts, he was running hard for a second term in office. And one day, after a busy morning chasing votes and no lunch, he arrived at a church barbecue. It was late afternoon and Herter was famished. As Herter moved down the serving line, he held out his plate to the woman serving chicken. She put a piece of chicken on his plate and turned to the next person in line. Excuse me, the governor said, 
Do you mind if I have another piece of chicken? Sorry, the woman told him. I'm supposed to give one piece of chicken to each person. But I'm starved, the governor said. Sorry, the woman said again. Only one to a customer. Now, Governor Herter was a modest and unassuming man, but he decided that this is the time he would throw a little weight around. Do you know who I am? He said, I'm the governor of this state. And the lady said, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. Move along, mister. <laughs> we love to throw our weight around. Love to drop names and say, I know this person. I'm related to this individual, and I'm this, and I'm that. And Jesus said, you want to be great in the kingdom of God, learn to serve other people. That's why we need to submit, because it's the secret to greatness. Also, it shows our fear of God. We do not submit out of fear of man, but our fear of God. We recognize God's authority structure, parents recognize that. Husbands recognize that. Church leaders and government, employers. So we line ourselves up under the authority because we honor our Lord. We submit to one another because we want to be like our Lord and follow His example and obey His teachings. Have you ever had to submit to something and someone that was really very hard to do? Maybe a boss that just drove you crazy, and you just had to swallow hard and say, okay, as long as I'm here, I need to do what he says. A police department, <laughs> or a pastor, or some other authority structure you had to submit to. It's difficult, but we do it as we submit to the Lord. Well, let's look at some practical steps for submitting to one another. The first thing I, I want to mention is that that submission does not mean inferiority. Just because your boss is over you doesn't mean that he is any more powerful or any better than you are. Just because a pastor stands up behind a pulpit doesn't make him any closer to God than you are, doesn't make him any better than you are. The ground is level at the cross. We're all part of this family of faith if we believed in Jesus Christ. Just because those who carry a gun, you know, who are in authority, doesn't mean that they're any better than us. So we're not inferior. It's not talking about that. It's the authority structure God has given to each part of society for order and for His work to be done. Secondly, I think there's times we need to be willing to say, let's go with your idea. We like to get our own way, and we like to have it done certain ways, but maybe you can think of one specific area at home or at work or at church you'd be willing to say, let's go with your idea. God has given them a keen understanding, and we need to submit to one another. And the other thing, let her see here, this is part of submission too. When was the last time you said, I was wrong? <laughs> That's part of submission. Sometimes parents have to say that to their children. Sometimes spouses have to say that to one another. And sometimes Christian leadership needs to say that as well. It's biblical to say that. Also, how do we react when someone disagrees with us? Do we have a tendency to say, hey, this is the way it's going to be? 
you know? I, I remember um, hearing a wife or a husband ranting and raving and saying, this is the way it's going to be. And afterwards, when he said that, he didn't see his wife for two days. But after the third day, he began to see her a little bit better. <laughs> it's not always my way or the highway. We need to have a humble attitude and as we not react to someone who disagrees with us. And then the Word of God is not, uh, the Word of God, not a secular worldview, is our standard. The world is always crying out, exalt yourself, defend yourself, promote yourself. And God is telling us to submit ourselves to one another. Why do we do that? Because we fear God. We are lining ourselves up under the authority structure God has given us because we love Him and are submitting ourselves to Him. People who have trouble with authority, people telling them what to do, will have trouble with the ultimate authority, God telling them what to do. Have you submitted to the authority of the Lord God of the universe have you given your life to Him, submitted to His plan of salvation? Said, yes, Lord, when God has said, thus saith the Lord. Two battleships assigned to the training squadron had been at sea on maneuvers in heavy weather for several days, and the visibility was poor with patchy fog. So the captain remained on the bridge, keeping an eye on all the activities, and shortly after dark, the lookout on the wing reported light bearing on the starboard bow. Is it steady or moving? The captain called out. The lookout replied, steady, captain, which meant we were on a dangerous collision course with that ship. The captain then called to the signalman, signal that ship. We're on a collision course. Advise you, change course 20 degrees. Back came the signal. Advisable for you to change your course 20 degrees. The captain said, Send this. I'm the captain of this ship. Change your course 20 degrees. I'm a seaman second class, came the reply. You'd better change your course 20 degrees. By that time, the captain was furious. He spat out, send this. I'm a battleship. Change your course 20 degrees. Back came the flashing light. I'm a lighthouse. Your call. You know, sometimes we're just like that captain, insisting on our own way, even to the point of wrecking ourselves to, and, and causing dishonor. Are we willing to submit because we fear the Lord? Bow your heads in prayer. Father in heaven, I want to thank you so much for the authority of your word the authority of the God of heaven, and help us, Lord, to learn the difficulty of submitting to one another as we fear you. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to submit to the cross, even though you didn't have to go, even though you didn't deserve to die, you were willing to submit 
to the cross and the death that was there to save our soul. And today, Lord, as we observe this Lord's Supper, help us to remember it was for us. In Jesus' name.